unto you. For everyone that asketh, receive it, and he that seeketh, find it. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. O a man is there of you, whom if, uh, if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he then be an evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. The Lord is the truth. You ask us to ask, seek, and knock. And Lord, sometimes we give up on asking. We give up seeking you. And we totally don't knock anymore. I pray, Father, Lord, if someone here this morning, Lord, may they seek you. May they seek the truth of your word. May they knock on heaven's door today and say, Lord, save me. I'm a sinner. I need salvation. And for your children, may we stop walking in the ways of this world and come home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, ask. You may be seated. Seek in knocking. So, let me ask you. I'm going to start the sermon this morning by asking two questions to you. All right? The first question is this. How is your relationship with God? The second question is, how was your relationship with people? Maybe go to this way. Your relationship with God determines how you treat people. You follow that? Because if you have a bad relationship with God, more than likely you don't treat people nice either. But let me put it this way. You should know by now that God did not create us to live in isolation. But He created us for relationships. He wants us to have a relationship with each other and a relationship with Him. Now, we all know that there are two types of relationships, right? You know what relationships are? There are bad relationships and good relationships, all right? There's some relationships that are really bad, and some other relationships are very good. So, humanly speaking, our world is full of both good relationships and bad relationships. Do you agree with me? Okay? So, and the same goes on with relationship, our relationship with God. You either have a good relationship with God or a bad relationship with God. So let me remind you something here this morning. Because you are a Christian, it doesn't mean that your relationship with God is the best. Okay, especially if you're living in sin, your relationship with God is not the best. You can have a bad relationship with God who created you and saved you. So Christian's relationship, so I'm going to put it this way. Uh, we are a, in a section, I'm sorry, in the Sermon on the Mountain here that deals with the Christian relationship. So the last time we look at our relationship with, with other people, we are to approach each other like as brothers and sisters who love rather than judge each other. Okay, now, this passage right here is part of the famous Sermon on the Mountain. If you're a Christian, you understand what I'm talking about. So one thing that we can learn about the Sermon on the Mountain is the fact that that righteousness isn't simple a matter of outward behavior, but it's a matter of the heart. Right. You know, we some people can have a form of righteousness, but it doesn't mean it's a godly righteousness. Because it proceeds from the heart. Some people can have a godly outward appearance, but have an evil heart. Okay, so in order for us to have a true, close relationship with people, such as, as relationship, uh, uh, that relationship or such a relationship must come from within the heart. In order for us to have a true relationship with God, with God, such relationship comes from within the heart. 
Because if you have a phony, false relationship with people, eventually what shows up? will show up, and eventually somebody's going to say, oh, you're a phony. You're not being truthful to me. So an outward relationship usually don't last because uh, there's no feelings, no emotion, no commitment. Any relationship is a matter of the heart. Emotion, desire, emotion, desire, commitment is the key for any relationship to be real and to last. Listen, if you committed to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, you don't have a problem reading your Bible. You don't have a problem memorizing Scripture. You don't have a problem telling people about the Lord. You don't have a problem to come to God's house. You know why? Because your commitment towards God. Same thing to any other relationship. Okay, so now our text this morning, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount, like I said, uh, describes truth of a strong relationship. Let us look at this from several points this morning about how a true relationship of God or uh, what God should be. So if you have the only, if you follow the outline, here it goes. The relationship of prayer. The relationship of prayer. God's people are known to be prayerful people. Okay? Actually, prayer is part of a Christian life. Christians pray. You agree? Christians pray. You know, again, that people don't care about church, don't care about God. Whenever they have a problem, you know what they do? They look for somebody that prays. Usually, Christian people. So, a relationship with God's people I know as people who do pray. So, prayer is part of who we are as Christians. Prayer comes from a heart of what? Devotion. Prayer is an everyday thing in the life of a believer. But now we can ask, seek and knock if we, I'm sorry, but how can we ask, seek and knock if we don't make the use of prayer seriously with the Lord? I know one time I had a pastor that said this. Um, you know, I said to him, so, so, pastor, what is the thing that you struggle the most? This is what actually on 1590 radio which I don't even listen to radio. But anyway, happened that day that I heard that. And he says, my, strong, my greatest struggle is prayer. I don't pray. All right, when you prepare your lesson, before you prepare your message, don't you actually pray that God will guide you what you're going to preach about? You know, many th- you know how many times I sit in my desk and I empty? You know, I'm far ahead in my message, but I don't know what to p- preach. Lord, show me something. And sometimes, you know, you sit, open your Bible, and it's empty. The Lord's not speaking to you. What you do? You pray, and you pray. You tell the Lord, put the topic in whatever is in your heart. Then you develop the message. When the preacher said that, I was like, wow. it just alarmed me. It's like, how could you not even pray? But some people don't pray. So, letter A, under that, uh, the relationship of prayer. Ask, seek, and knock. We see this right there in verse 7. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So, what a wonderful encouragement to pray. It is a, a, an amazing promise uh, it, it, to even to have the privilege for us to go before the throne of grace and talk to our Creator. Amen. So Jesus said, sets no condition here other than asking, seeking, and knocking. That's what prayer there's nothing more exciting than knowing that, that the God of the universe desires to have a relationship with each one of us uh, and, and hears what we have to say. You know what? Do you like people to hear you when you talk? Honestly, do you, when you talk, if people not pay attention to you, what do you do? Why don't you listen? Oh, I'm not that important. That happens a lot in homes, right? Why am I talking to you looking that way? Why don't you pay attention? Look at me when I'm talking. Do you want people to pay attention to you? What about us with God? 
That's what prayer comes about. Because when we pray in the right way, God is listening. He doesn't say, I'm too busy, I'm thinking. He's actually listening to us. Okay? That is an amazing thing. Actually, John chapter 16, verse 24 says, Ask, and he shall receive, that your joy may be full. Number one, keep on asking the Lord. So let's return to our, to our verse in Matthew here and ask, seek, and knock. Three times in these verses, away, away, uh, uh, different ways Jesus teaches us that God promised to answer prayer. Again, it is that uh, of our relationship with the Lord. Usually a person who has a strong relationship with the Lord is a person who spends much time in prayer. So asking is simply you need to God, asking you will receive. But they say, but pastor, I've been praying for this fact. It's been so many years, and the Lord doesn't answer my prayer. What should I do? You want the answer? Keep on praying. Amen. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. You know, not in our time. Because we want fast food. That's why we have a lot of fast food restaurants, right? You know, you go to the dry tree, you got the food out the door, psh, you know, because we want everything right now, right here, right here. You know, if you sit in the computer and the computer stop the loading a little bit at the time, you're wearing going like, I hate this computer. You know, you want it like, poof, poof, you know, open up, that's it, right there. You know, you see, God says, be patient. Stand still. Our answer when it's time. He knows better than we do. Okay? So, keep on asking. You know, the Lord didn't answer you. Keep on asking. Don't give up. Okay, so number two, uh, I have my numbers messed up there, but keep on seeking the Lord. The word seek intensifies the process. We seek when we don't know where something is. Like this morning. I'm going to give you an example. I came here very early because my son was co worker. So, you know, I'm fixing everything for the uh, uh, lunch today, and I'm going everywhere. I kept losing my glasses. I'm like, where will I put my, put my glasses? I'm going around. You know, I'm seeking. You know why? Because I need them. So I keep seeking all over the place. You know, like, then I found them. Then I lost them again. Then I'm seeking again. I did about five times. And I was like, where the, somehow, somewhere, my up in my car, like, how in the world I put my glasses in my car? You know, I already have them inside the church. But see, what I do, I kept seeking. That's what we do. The Lord answered my prayer. Keep seeking heaven's door. Keep looking for, keep praying. Don't give up. You see, keep on seeking. The word intensifies itself. The better, the stronger the relationship, the more we seek the Lord. Number three, keep on knocking until you get an answer. The word knock intensifies the process even further. Where, 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 uh, Seeking implies that you haven't found something yet. Knocking implies that the door is shut for you. But here's the picture of, of the closed door that stands in your way. Have you ever a closed door in your life that is so shut that you don't even, you can't open that? So some doors are so shut tightly that you could never open that door on your own. But I tell you what, God is in the business of opening doors. God can do that. You can, you can say, I witnessed this person, they never received Jesus as Savior. Don't say never. Because God can do the impossible. You know what we do? We pray for that person. We pray for that person. Here's one example right here. Jill Evans. Jill Evans here. Many of you know her. We prayed. We prayed. We prayed. We witnessed. We prayed. And she kept saying, no, and no, and no, and no. And one day she said yes. Amen. You know what God does? God opens doors. 
When we say it so sharp, God says, ah, I can do that for you. You know what we do? We pray, and God answers and in his time. Okay, so don't give up. So asking in prayer happens when you know that you need and you present, you present your request to the Lord. Seeking in prayer happens when you don't know what you need. You know, you know what you need is, so you keep seeking the Lord. Knocking happens when there is a closed door, and we keep knocking until that open, that door opens. So that now that is the that is that we uh, we are to ask, seek, and knock when we pray. So look what it says in Matthew five three: Blessed are the point spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. The point spirit desperately know their need for God, so they are uh, not afraid to ask. You know what? That's why when point spirit, we know is a need. You know what we do? We go before the one that can answer our prayer. So we go to him and we ask. Lord, I'm not afraid. I'm asking you because I can't do it myself. That's why we seek the Lord in prayer. So the Sermon on the Mountain shows us how far we fall before God's standards. So we ask, seek, and knock for righteousness that we may be filled. In the Lord's Prayer, we learn that we are to pray for God's concern first, and then for our own needs. So, so we ask, seek, and knock concerning God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will. And then we pray for our three main human needs, our physical needs, our need for forgiveness, and our need for spiritual victory. You follow that? Some people think, listen, people can pray all kinds of nonsense, but listen, we have to pray according to the will of God. You know, oh, Lord, you know what? I want to be rich. I, I want to wake up in the morning. I want to have money in the bank. Uh, I want to be retired. I want to do this. I want to do that. I wanna... That's silly prayers. You know, because said you pray according to my will, and I'll give it to you. Look what it says. I mentioned this last week. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So we ought to seek God and his kingdom, trusting that God will provide everything else that we need. Prayer is not a blank check to pray selfishly for whatever you want. Prayer was born out of relationship with the Lord. Prayer speaks very loud of our relationship with God. So the... So listen, our relationship with God is, is displayed how, how much or the way we pray. Some Christians don't pray at all. Some Christians pray very little. Some Christians go days on without talking with the Lord. How can we afford that? We have to talk with the Lord daily. Talk with Him daily. Not memorize prayers. That means absolutely nothing. But talking with the Lord like He's listening, He's there Listen to you. See, there is an encouragement to pray real prayers that seeks God and His kingdom first. So, we have here. Let me put it this way. Let me give you an example. When I hear someone knocking on the door, there is a difference when I look out and see a salesman at the door or one of my children. Why is the difference? Okay. If it's a salesman at the door knocking, I might turn back around and say, I hope you go away and have opened the door, right? But if it's one of my children, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open the door. Why? Because he's one of mine. I want him to come in. Now, if we are God's children, don't you think God wants to listen to us? Don't you think the Lord will open the door? Of course he will. Of course he will. 
So the relationship of prayer. Number two, the prince of God's principle in answering prayers. So the question is, does God answer prayer? You know, God wants us to seek, right? Knock, ask. No, does God answer prayer? Does He answer your prayers? You say, Pastor, I've been praying for many years, and God doesn't even listen to me. Okay. Next, Jesus moves to God's promise to answer prayer, to God's principle, uh, to God's principle in answer prayer. Look what it says right here. Look at verse nine. Oh, what man is there of you whom his son ask bread? Will he give him a stone? So Jesus is being very practical here. He's going down to the very north, the most simple person. And he says to you, to you and me, he says, What man is there of you if your son asks bread and you give him a stone? Okay? Or if you ask him a fish and you give him a serpent? Look what he says. And he puts the whole thing together. If he then be an evil, know how to give good things to your children, how much shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? You see, Jesus has to look. Listen, if you as an evil people, if you as human people give good things to your children when they ask, you don't think your heavenly Father can give you more and better than that? And why don't we get it? Because we don't pray. Because we don't ask. And many times when we ask, we ask with no faith. So Jesus is being very practical in the way he's speaking here. First of all, Jesus is speaking practical a practical truth here. And his word have lots of common sense right here. Jesus wants us to grasp who our Heavenly Father is and what he can do for each one of us. And the principle here is twofold. Number one, let a, the giving of our human fathers. He looks at the human fathers right here. So I would say that most, most human fathers give good gifts to their children, don't they? You know, godly people... They want, you know, it comes Christmas, a birthday, or anything else. They want to give their, their kids good things. And sometimes we say to our kids, I would give you the world if I could. You know, I don't have much to give you, but, you know, we do that, don't we? And I, I think that's, and Jesus puts that up right here. So he says, you know, if you if your kid asks a, a piece of bread, you don't give him a stone. Very practical. You see... If your child asks you for something good, you are going to give them something. You're not going to give something bad instead. And Jesus is, is very truthful here. Number two, we see human fathers are sinful, yet they give good gifts. Jesus goes on one further on, on this illustration. Human fathers are so sinful, and yet they give good gifts to their children. You know? So whatever, the answer is right here is, Good, uh, earthly fathers give their children good gifts. So the, the, the second answer right here is the giving of, of a heavenly father. Let it be. Look at verse 10. How much more shall your heavenly father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So Jesus make a comparison between earthly fathers and heavenly fathers here, and a heavenly father. How much more will God give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, did you believe that God is the giver of good things? I believe so. You know how many times we can, I, I, I put it like this, practical right here. I, we can sit all together here and talk about the goodness of God. I think we're going to say a lot of things. We're going to go, we're going to praise God each, together right here because we're going to say, God is good. It's a way, it, goes, God, it goes like this. God is good all the time and all the time God is good because he's the giver of what? Of good things. Okay, so, and Jesus makes the comparison right here. You see how simple he becomes here. 
So the key word in this verse is how much more, or you shall ask them. So those, you see, you have, your earthly fathers give you good things, because how much more can God give you if you ask? Wow. So God's gifts, number one, are perfect, always perfect gifts. God is perfect, loving, and righteous, and His gifts to His children are always perfect gifts. Our God is a perfect, loving, and righteous God. If our sinful, uh, our sinless, if our sinless doesn't get in the way, our sinful, I'm sorry, our sinfulness doesn't get in the way of, uh, of, uh, uh, of, uh, uh, of giving good things to our children, how much more can God, who is perfect, can give to us? Number two, God's gifts are always on time. Listen, God doesn't get stuck in traffic. God doesn't say, i got to stop and have some lunch because I didn't eat all day. <laughs> you know, just God doesn't do that. You know, say, look, you know what? I, I, Amazon is going to deliver you gifts. That's what, you know, you, you pray and God says, Amazon is going to deliver you gifts. Or what, are UPS going to deliver you? No, God's gift is always on time. You know, the thing is, with us as humans, we have to wait on God's time. Because this time is not our time. So we pray. Believing, we pray with faith, and we ask, let God be God in his, in his time. I was singing this song. In His time, God will answer. Amen. We have to be patient and be still and know that He is God. Okay, so God is always on time. He is our heavenly Father, and He's given has given our never too late, never too early, but always on time. You are His precious child, and He loves you. He will not leave you knocking at the door like the traveling salesman. Whatever you ask, seek and knock at the Lord's door. He, will, he, he, he always hears and always will answer you. Let us see the answer of our Heavenly Father. Because our Heavenly Father is holy and perfect in everything that He, he does. There's always on which, there are ways on which he, uh, he will answer our prayers when we ask, seek, and knock. Two more Two more principles in God's answering prayer in, in uh, 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 your heart and God's wisdom in love. So look at your heart, your heart's condition. How God withholds answered prayer from you and me. How? Look at this. Look at Psalm, go to Psalm 66, 18. How? Pastor, I'm praying, I'm praying, but it seems like God's not listening to me. All right. There are ways why God doesn't answer prayer sometimes. Look what it says right here in Psalm 66, 18. You ready? If I regard, is that word says, the iniquity says sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear whom? Me. You see that? Okay, I'm a child of the Lord. I'm a child of God. But I'm living in sin. And I'm going to ask him, things. God says, unless you repent of what you're doing, I will not listen. I will not answer you. Listen, he listens because he's God, but he will not answer you. Let me put it this way. All right. Who's married? Who has children here? Who has children here? So you understand that concept, right? Your children is disobedient. Your children are giving you a hard time. You go and your child goes, Mom, can I have that lollipop? Most parents would say, no. Why? Because you're being disobedient. You need to be obedient. The same thing with us. If I regard sin in my heart, God will not answer me. 
And the psalmist actually admits that. Let me give you a good example of what happens when there's iniquity, in the, uh, iniquity or sin in the camp, and now the Lord does not answer our prayers. In Joshua chapter 7, verse 1 says this way, But the children of Israel commit a trespass or sin in, in the accursed things of Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zedah, uh, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. In verse Joshua chapter 7, verse 5, it says, And the men of Ai smote, uh, smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate even to uh, Shebron, and smote them and in the going down, wherefore the heart of the people melted and became as water. Now, I'll put it this way. Why that happened? Because there was sin in the camp. And God says, I'm not going to answer you. I'm not going to bless you if you are having that sin. I'll tell you what. Christians, God's people, they miss a lot of blessings of the Lord when our heart is full of sin and we don't confess it before the Lord. You know, I, I say this all the time. Keep short accounts with God. When you recognize that you sin against the Lord, ask forgiveness. Don't say, I do it later. I do it this evening before I go to bed. Do it there. Don't break that relationship with the Lord. There's many examples in the Bible of stuff on which the Lord withholds answering prayer. Number two, we see God's wisdom and love. And then there's God's wisdom and love here. Jesus said, Jesus says God gives good things. So are you asking for a good thing? If it's good for you, for good for others, uh, good for the kingdom, for the God's kingdom, God says, I'll give it to you. Look, it says in James chapter 1 verse 17, every good gift and perfect gift is from above. And coming from the of light with whom is no variables, neither shadow of turning. You see, God's, the Bible says every good thing comes from God. God doesn't give you evil things. He gives us good things. Okay? So, God not only gives us good things, He only, uh, he only gives good things and every good thing things come from Him. Psalm 34, 10, 10 says, They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Why? Because give, God gives better things to us. Get this. It is good for us we shall have it. If it is good for us then we shall uh, then the withholding of it is good. All things all things for good. So we can be we can also honestly say it is all good with God. It is all good. God prays uh, praise God that he knows the difference between our wise and our foolishness requests. You know, sometimes we ask foolish things. The Lord knows. And the Lord knows the wise things that we ask and the foolish things that we ask. But you know what? God knows. Can you imagine if God answered all our prayers, even the foolish prayers that we ask? God gives good things to His children. So what do we do? We, we ask, we seek, and knock continually. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't lose hope. Why? Because we are worshiping, we are serving a great God. Why give up? Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep asking. But, oh, Pastor, it's been so many years. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking until that door opens up. Number three. Let's go to our last point. God's positive rule for living. So, we have a look at the relationship of prayer. 
We have look at God's principle in answered prayer. And now finally, God closes, uh, Jesus closes uh, this section with God's positive rule for living. What can we, we uh, I'm sorry, what we often call the golden rule. So it's not called the golden rule in the Bible. People, people start calling it that during the middle, the middle Ages. But look what it says in verse 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye shall do that man should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So in everything, do to others what you have them done unto you. You follow that? That's the golden rule. So, you want people to treat you right? Treat them right. You want people to be friendly with you? Be friendly. You want people to be truthful to you? Be truthful. You see, it goes back and forth. You know, if we don't do right to people, what you, what you expect back? If you are mean to people, what you expect back? It's human reaction. You see, we react to, to, to automatically. It's like it's a defense thing. But let me tell you, Jesus says right here, therefore, therefore all things whatsoever ye, ye would, would that men should do to you, do ye even unto them. So the Sermon on the Mountain so far uh, I'm, I'm, uh, it is a good, a, good, a good teaching right here. But look what it says right here. Just as God is generous to us in everything and in every, in answering our prayer, we should be generous to others in our love for them. Okay? Just as God gives us good things in prayer, in, in answered prayer, we should do good to, things to others as we have opportunity to do so. Don't determine how much you treat others by the way they treat you. You follow that? I do good to you if you do good to me. I'll buy you a Christmas gift. You buy me a Christmas gift. If you give me a present, I give you one. If you buy me a birthday present, I give you a birthday present. If you don't give me anything, I don't give you anything. You see, that's not good. That's turning evil for evil. You know what? Do unto others as you have them do, have, have them do unto you. You know what? You treat others good in spite of they don't treat you good. You talk good about others in spite of they don't talk good about you. You give to others in spite of getting anything back. You know, you give somebody a present and they go, how much you pay for this? You know why they want to know? Because they want to give you something more expensive. That's competition. That's no love. You see, we do to others in spite of what they do back to us. You know what? That's what we should do. So let me give you a little illustration. When I was a kid, I got in trouble for pushing another kid in the water. <laughs> After he pushed me. So I was in, in this big rock. Actually, I was, I was a teenager when this happened. I was in Cranston. You've been in Cranston. They used to, used to have a public swimming pool there, okay? So I was there at the edge of the pool, and I found myself in the water. I fell a hand, you know, and my, my friend's there. I fell a hand, and poof, in the water I went. I was in the, the deeper side of the pool. So I came out laughing, and there's nothing wrong about it. So I came out back, and, and when I got back, and when I got the opportunity, boop, I, I, he went in the water too. You know, with other, a couple other guys. And guess who saw me? The, uh, the lifeguard comes to me and said, you, 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 out. <laughs> I'm like, but I didn't know where he started. Listen, that's not how it is. I could have just let it go. But that's, how, that's what we do, isn't it? You do to me, I do unto you. And God says, don't do unto others. Okay? So, 
Jesus tells you simply to put yourself in in other person's place and ask yourself, how would I like to be treated in this situation? If you mess up at something, would you like to be yelled at? If you make a mess of something, you like somebody to yell at you? Oh, my mother was good on that. <laughs> Why did you do that? Oh, okay, anyway, I have another time. She didn't have him with the look. <laughs> if, if not, then don't yell at people. You see, if you mess up, you don't want people to yell at you, don't do the same thing back to others. You follow that? If you are engaging in a business transaction, would you like to be cheated? No. If so, they don't cheat on others either. If you hurt someone badly, would you like to be forgiven? Yeah. If so, then forgive others when they hurt you. Jesus said, in everything, do to, do to others what you have them done unto you. That's the golden rule. So letter A, phrase, phrased uh, is positive, positive uh, phrasely, I'm sorry, phrased is positively rather than negatively right here. Okay? All right, but that goes. Let me ask you three comments in this verse in closing. First of all, notice that it is, it is a positive the way it is written. God says, do unto others as they do unto you. That's a positive thing. That's not a neg- negative thing. God says, be positive, you know, because other people treat you bad. Don't treat them the same way. If people be evil to you, don't be evil to them. Actually, it's not a Christian way to do it. What we do to people that, that mock us and make fun of us and call us name? We pray for them. You know why? Because they need a Savior. So it's a positive thing. You know, if you want to don't be yelled at, don't yell at people. If you don't want to be cheated, don't cheat at people. If you want to be forgiven, forgive others. See, it's a positive thing. You want to see something that Jesus did that is very positive? All right, when he was hanging on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That's a positive thing. He didn't say, Father, send them all to hell because they're all wicked. He didn't say that. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So it's a positive thing. Let it be phrased absolutely rather than specific circumstances. It says all things in everything. Secondly, notice there's a phrase absolutely rather than according to specific circumstances. Jesus said, in everything, do, do to others what you have them done to you. In everything you do, in every aspect of life, always treat others the way you want to be treated. Wow. Be kind, be loving, be humble, be curious. You see all these things? Be willing to help, you know, because that's the way you would want them to treat you. You say, but people are so wicked. People don't do those things to me. No. The thing goes to you and to me the way we treat others. Not the way they want to treat us because, let me put it this way, the only person that you can control is whom? Yourself, exactly. And we don't do a good job at it many times. But you know what? The only person we can control is ourselves. We cannot control others. So Jesus said to you and me in a positive way, do unto others as you have them, them do it unto you. The way you want to be treated, treat them that way. And I don't think no one wants to be treated in an evil way. If somebody's rude to us, we go, oh, that person's so rude. Oh, that person's so mean. We don't want to be treated that way. The golden rule. Look what it says. For this is the law and the prophets. 
You see? You don't follow this rule in order to get something back. You don't treat people well in order to get that they may treat you well. No, you follow this rule because it sums up the law of God and the prophets. It sums up all that Jesus has been teaching about the Christian or Christian character, influence, righteousness, motivation, and relationships. God is uh, what is God's positive rule for living. All things are better. He would that man should do unto you that ye uh, that ye even so do uh, do. Uh, I'm sorry. So to them. So in everything, do to others what you have them do unto you. That's the way God wants us to do. So, okay, we can't get to pray. I'm going to close. Do you pray for your enemies? You should. Did you pray for people that treat you well? You should. Do you pray for your president regardless of what party you belong to? You should. Did you pray for your senators? Do you pray for the House of Representatives? Oh, I don't pray for those evil people. You should. You know why? Because that's the right thing to do. Regardless if they represent you well or not, you know why? They're in a place where God puts them. We need to pray for them. Regardless of what they do. And you might not agree with their, listen to this, their policies, but they're human beings that need a Savior. You say, you know what? I see so much mockery of our president. All right, okay. Is a human being in the White House that needs your prayers today? Pray for them. So, conclusion. This is a wonderful section of the Sermon on the Mount. It is a breath of fresh air that we ask the Lord. We seek the Lord and we knock. And we pray. That's the Christian life. That's the way we should pray. We ask. Day, I was asking the Lord, Lord, I'm not a perfect guy. You know, I'm not ungodly. I'm not complete. But Lord, let me live a little longer. Let me live a little longer. I want to. I want to live a live longer. Not a selfish prayer. Not a selfish prayer. I know it was. I mean, it's God's will that you want to cook me tomorrow, so I'm not going to cook me that day. You want to do. But that was my the, the desire of my heart. And I, God knows I was sincere with Him, so I kept. You know why? When the doctor said he came to preach, I said, hallelujah, right in the altar. Amen. I walked out of here and said, God really answered my prayer. You know why? Because he knows the sincerity of a human heart. You know, there's many prayers that, that, that people pray to God that was like very selfish. And, and in many prayers, it was no faith at all. We should never have took the Lord with no faith at all. We got a prayer, a prayer that we need to be strong, strong, believing. God is. He takes the glory. God is. To him be the glory, right? So we come to church. We believe in our hearts that our prayer, our offering, our preaching, everything we do is for him. So when we pray, why don't we believe? When we in the privacy of our own home pray, why don't we pray with that fervent faith that God is going to answer and we believe that he's going to, that what we ask is going to come true? 
You know, because God knows you. This morning, if there's someone here, you need to receive Jesus. 